Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? I feel like... I know the championship game just happened. To me, feels like uh, off season time, and uh, I, I, I very. I mean, I watched a couple of free agent guys this weekend, and then I downloaded my first college games to start the grind. And the three, I think three month long process that awaits us. I'm so it it has been the longest and I know it's not technically the offseason for the NFL, but for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, since they last played and it. I'm just ready for 44 days away from free agency, the franchise tag senior bowl is coming up this weekend. So there's something to talk about when it comes to that and possible players for the Cincinnati Bengals because they love their senior bowl guys. Um, but I'm just ready for some news on the Bengals side. Um, but at this very moment. There is a little news in the AFC and the NFC. AFC Championship, um, I have learned my lesson. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10, to 10, and I have learned to never bet against Patrick Mahomes. We did state when we talked about him, I was a little hesitant, even though I did say they were going to lose by two scores. Yeah. That. <laughs> I should, I, man, I felt so good about the Chiefs, but I still picked the Ravens because I thought they were the better team. And I was like, man – why did I why did I do the thing where I flipped last week and I didn't do it this way? I should have just stuck mm-hmm. with it. Now I feel stupid. Man, it's absolutely insane. Because the thing is, 
there's so many, you can look at that game in so many different ways. You can look at how the Baltimore Ravens played and, and they defensively, they showed up, but offensively, they Especially they, the second half. I mean, it's absolutely insane. If you would have told me that the Kansas city chiefs were going to score 17 points, I would have said the Baltimore Ravens won. Maybe they don't score in the thirties, but I would have thought they, they did enough. They probably, you know, got a couple touchdowns, maybe some field goals, but they definitely scored more than the Kansas city Chiefs. So I think if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you only put up 10 points or the number one seed, you only needed to win two games to get to the Super Bowl, one of the best seasons, the top defense in the NFL home field advantage against the Kansas City Chiefs fan, a team that struggled, you know, quite a bit, I would say, offensively. Not on Patrick Mahomes as much of his wide receivers when it comes to drops. Um, his defense has, I felt like, always been there this season, honestly, for the last two years. Uh, but they did enough. Uh, that they they made um, some big time throws. I think Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, not well, Patrick Mahomes has showed up, but Patrick is a different, just different dude when it comes to January. Um, not to say he isn't during regular season because he obviously has the numbers, but when he's out there familiar with it, yes, it's a road game for him, but he still got the job done and, and his weapon showed up. I mean, goodness, who would have thought one of his top wide receivers, not even top wide receivers, one of his wide receivers who has dropped the ball multiple, 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 multiple times makes the key first down catch to pretty much seal the deal in the game when it mattered most. And for my lesson is never bet against Patrick Mahomes. And I should know better because we've watched him plenty of times against the Cincinnati Bengals over the last few years. He's just, he knows what it takes to, to do enough. Um, even though the second half, they weren't really, getting a lot done, but I felt like they were just controlling the ball and keeping it out of Lamar's hands. And that was a key game plan for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the KC offense has been good this postseason, and maybe not consistently good. You could think of they did, they did enough in the Miami game to win, but they weren't dominant, which I guess is why you, well, I guess Fangio wanted to leave first. I was like, I guess that's why you uh, let the, defensive coordinator go that put them in that situation. Then they were very good against the bills. And then I thought last night, evening, afternoon, one of the three, uh, you know, three to 6 PM <laughs> Eastern standard time. I thought the chiefs offense was very good in the first half, like dominantly good in the first half and then five straight punts. And part of me wonders because I felt like, the I felt like the calling of the game turned into a little bit of run, run, pass, run, run, pass, punt, 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 like nonstop. And they got they got some first downs in there, but they weren't able to sustain those drives and score points. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they were down and or at least tied, and they were trying to push the ball the same way they did in the first half. If the Chiefs score twenty eight, or you know, uh, what they, they ended up with. 17 so 24 27 somewhere in that range and we're thinking of a pretty good Chiefs performance rather than the 17 point game but it was close enough that maybe you they were up two scores most of the time is all I was thinking and with how good they looked in the first half maybe it could just be for first or second half adjustments but part of me wanted to see what would have happened if they got pressed and forced to pass the ball a little bit more in that second half. I mean, if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble the ball, they probably have to, you know, we're only up three. We got to push the ball. Same with, I feel like if you're up one score, you, you might just have to push the ball. That throw that Lamar got picked on, which was never open 
but I respect Isaiah Likely for just throwing the hand up. But anyway, receivers always think they're open. That is on the quarterback to know that guy is not open. Don't throw that ball. I don't care if he thinks he's open. Uh, but just the cojones. He's got three guys on him. Hands up. I'm open. <laughs> Throw it up. And he just, did. He tried. <laughs> it didn't work out. But uh, yeah, that, that was a second and 10 from the 25. That just took points off the board. So two separate instances where let's just say you get a field goal there. You don't get the first down. It's third and 10. You get stopped, kick a field goal. And Zay Flowers scores. That's a tie game. That's That would yeah. be a tie game instead. They are instead you're dealing with what happened. And yeah, I thought the turnovers were the biggest thing for the Ravens. You got that strip sack in their own uh, area as well. So that was that the sequence after that they had back to back holding calls on Trey Smith and took a touchdown off the board. And I don't remember if they scored or not on that drive, but yeah, all three of those turnovers to me were brutal and just it, it's easy to point to why you lost this game when you scored 10 points and turned the ball over three times. Should have had four turnovers, if we're being honest. One of the KC defenders had it, and it fell right out of his hands. So it's actually Which one. I, I don't know. If... Oh, Bol- Bolton had one. Yeah, Bol- I think. Bolton's- and then there was also. I was thinking of the one where Lamar was falling down and kind of threw it right into Trent McDuffie. <laughs> I mean, you got to be smart in those situations. But like, I, I think it just it, it proves there's so many things to take away from it. There's more. I actually I'm going to connect it to the Bengals because it is a Bengals podcast in our next segment. Uh, but I want to stay with, with what you have right now. You are the Baltimore Ravens. Are you absolutely sick to your stomach? You have the season that they had dominating. I know there was you know questions at that Thursday night football game. What if Joe Burrow didn't get injured? What would have what would it have looked like? Yeah, they probably end up still winning the AFC North. But still, you're the number one seed. You have the top defense. How are you feeling this morning if you're the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. How are they going to be better next year? I mean, they're losing some talent. Some guys are getting older. And uh, it's just tough because you're you're going to lose guys. Or maybe maybe you pay Matabike. And that keeps the best talent that possibly leaving in town. They still lose some guys that are veteran role players. And, you know, Zeitler will be a year older. Moses a year older. And. It just maybe Linderbaum steps up even more in his third year and Zay Flowers is better next year. But I just wonder, like, how can you get better than this year, especially health wise, too? They they were pretty healthy all year, which is other than Andrews. Andrews being out, but he played in that game, even if it likely stepped up and likely was awesome. And I know that they don't like to put those two on the field together. So I don't think it's going to be some secret 12 evolution where it's likely an Andrews smoking people from tight end because they're both kind of more slot wide receiver types than they are tight ends. They can line up there and play okay, but they're at their best in space. So I just wonder, how do you get better? Maybe you just uh, – it's tough. It's like when you have your healthiest and best season and you give your shot at a Kansas City team that is having maybe its worst year – Mm-hmm. And they weren't very healthy. They were missing their left. They're all pro left guard. They were, I think they're fairly healthy on defense. Although Willie yeah. Gay, one of their starting linebackers was out still pretty healthy on defense, but the offense has just been doo-doo a lot of the regular season. They've stepped up in the playoffs and they've been pretty good in the playoffs. I still think when you look at them on paper, you go, it's not the greatest offense I've ever seen. And 
Travis Kelsey looks like Travis Kelsey again. Does. I I think that's a big part on why this offense is doing so well. Even if he looked slow at the end of the regular season, maybe that was just a energy conservation thing and how he's letting it all go now, but the receivers are still all whatever, like Rashi Rice is solid, pretty good player. And then you've got AFC championship MVS always making a clutch play when, when it needs to happen. Too soon. But Richie James and all the Justin Watson, these guys, like they're probably going to have a better third target next year if Kelsey stays and doesn't retire, which now I don't know if he does because he looks pretty good. <laughs> so, does, yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of questions of like you were able to give Kansas City your best shot. You might lose Mike McDonald next year. It's oh. tough. If I was a Ravens fan, that is that is tough for me in terms of that was probably our best chance. And that doesn't mean they can't make it next year. They can't, mm-hmm. whatever, like this football, you know, it's a sudden death elimination playoff. So there's a lot of, you know, luck and, you know, variance that goes into this. But in my mind, if I was a Ravens fan, I would be wondering how, how are we going to do this again? Like, how do we stay as injury free and how do we, how do we get better to give them an even better shot next year? And I feel like the pathways to get there are really tough. Yeah, I mean, because if you're watching the season, all of the injuries, and, and yes, it hit closer to home because you see a guy like Joe Burrow go out, the Bengals had plenty of injuries, but just overall in the AFC alone, when you look at some of these starting quarterbacks, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you're like, we are getting the weakest Chiefs team in the last six years. You got to take advantage of this. You're playing at home. Um, I was absolutely, I, I don't know if I was shocked when I started to watch it because I'm like, ah, this is just what Patrick Mahomes does. This is just what they, you know, that they're familiar with. It's January. Um, he's been here before and maybe it's going to catch up to Lamar Jackson playing in this AFC championship game. And it just really did. He didn't, he, he looked okay in the first half, but in the second half, it just wasn't the same. And it felt like they got away from, even though the chiefs were up by a couple scores at one point and then only one score, they got away from what worked for them. And it's mm-hmm. yeah. running the ball. And, and yeah. Yeah. Six handoffs. I don't understand. That was crazy. Yeah. I, that was to me very much a Todd Monken not a playoff experience play caller situation where it's 10 points. You don't need to just throw the ball. You don't need to press like this. You don't need to try to force everything like 10 point game to me until the fourth quarter, you stay within yourself. You try to keep the offense, what it is. You keep your identity. They didn't. And they paid for it. It was, it was kind of funny. It's like, you kind of need like a great Roman on the sideline going like run the ball type of thing where, uh, but I, and as I, even though I think Monk has been better for this team than Roman was the past couple of years, it's just like maybe they needed that voice to yell at them to run the ball right now. Like, just don't lose yourself to this because there were Lamar Jackson runs, and I know that QB power was awesome on fourth mm-hmm. down. Other than that, I feel like there were there were a lot of scrambles, so these weren't like called run plays. There were pass plays that he just decided mm-hmm. to tuck it and run. I thought the Ravens' offensive line was pretty good. I, I Now, I know the Chiefs' defensive line might have been better, but I felt like that was mostly in the second half when they just start teeing off on all these – when you're just dropping back every play type of thing the Bengals have dealt with too. <laughs> but when they were running the ball, I mean, Gus Edwards was having a pretty good game running the ball, and then they stopped giving him the ball. And they started playing Justice Hill more. And Justice Hill kept messing up 
it was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I had a lot of questions about the Ravens' offensive game plan. Not about their defense. I thought their defensive game plan was good. I thought at first I was a little like, ooh, mm-hmm. is Andy Reid getting into the Mike McDonald defense? Is he able to find it? Felt like McDonald made the adjustments and made the proper move. Now, I will say the one thing I also, we also need to talk about, my fellow Italian, Steve Spagnolo, one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. Let's be real about it. You know, he yeah. just stopped this offense. He has been excellent basically every postseason. He was the 2007 Giants defensive coordinator when they stopped the perfect Patriots. I think it's, I think it's about time we, we recognize him as one of the best at least in the last generation of defensive coordinators. Yeah, someone should hire him. They should, but I don't even know. I wonder if he wants to be a head coach. He because doesn't. He was, he was for the Rams, and it went terrible. And yeah. I wonder if he even wants to do it. Like, if he's just kind of like has the Wade Phillips feeling of, like, I don't even want to do it. Like, I just want to coach defense, man. That's how I would feel. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't see him leaving Kansas City anytime soon. And good for them and their young defense, because that's still a young team. Uh, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. But uh, next, we'll get into a little AFC connection. I heard it on plenty of ESPN shows this morning. Articles right after the game. Connection to Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. A little more into the AFC Championship weekend. A friend of mine is a Chiefs fan, and he has said to me, you know what? I miss Joe Burrow in the playoffs. It wasn't as fun. 
it wasn't as fun this year. I can't believe he could say that when they're going back to the Super Bowl after what was technically a down year for the Kansas City Chiefs. It, it felt different, obviously, in the last two years. I know a lot of people say, oh, Cincinnati's only seen that success for a couple of years. What are they talking about? They don't have any rings. But still, I look forward to the Joe Burrow-Patrick Mahomes matchup. Um, seeing, seeing it the last two years in the AFC Championship was bummed to not see it again. And uh, can't wait to get updates on Joe Burrow. But there is that connection of there's one guy who's active in the NFL who can stop this guy. The mismatch, the 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 rivalry, the games when they play each other, it's always by three points. It's a crazy first half. And, and sometimes it's toe to toe and to the very end, even Patrick Mahomes said it after the game last week, when he played the Buffalo bills, you know, he likes going up against guys like Lamar, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. It's, it's always a close game and in a battle. And um, right now, Joe, the Cincinnati Bengals, I know it was a different game this past year because Joe Burrow wasn't playing and Jake Browning started the game, but they still almost had a shot to take that one. You know, what do you take from that when you look at the AFC picture as a whole? I know how you feel about quarterback ranking, so I'm not making you do any of that. But just when you think about the Cincinnati Bengals team, draft guy Jared, friend of the show, uh, big time for him because he's getting into offseason mode and, and all of his, his drafts. Isn't problems. he always in offseason mode? He really is. But he had said today, and he goes, I, he goes, I, I can't believe I just, you know, realized it right now or, or I'm admitting this, but he's like, I truly think that the Bengals would have been in the AFC championship if, if Joe Burrow was healthy. When you when you think about Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and the battles and what we've, you know, just watched in their four matchups together, the Cincinnati Bengals three and one, do you think the Cincinnati Bengals, even a down year for this defense, would have stopped this Kansas City Chiefs team? I think the defense what we saw wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may have, maybe they make the AC championship game on some shootouts and everything, but I feel like if they made the playoffs, it would have been a rough road this year just because the defense never clicked. It never came together and you had the moment of like, okay, you know, this is who they are. And let's say they step up, step up from what? Like bad to below average, average. Yeah. And I feel like this chief's offense has been, like I said, really good. At least, Maybe not as consistent as you'd like, but really good in the playoffs, especially when they need points. So I wonder about that. I wonder if they could have made the AFC Championship game. I wonder at times, I'm like, man, I know they've matched up well with the Bills, but maybe you can run into that shootout and does something go wrong there? Or the Texans beat them. So, you know, maybe they would have been able to give them all they could handle. I don't know, though, because I, I do think that they have a great game planning defensive coordinator. The guys would need to execute that game plan, but I feel like he would have put something together for the defense and they probably can do just enough on offense to get through a couple of those games, at least one of those games, if not two, and then you're in the AFC championship game. So it's possible. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I think Burrow's great. I think the offense would have been great. I don't think they would have been a reason that this team lost, but I feel like this defense may have given them their, uh, what what happens to the Bills every year where the offense is, does a, does a great job. Well, not every year. They didn't do a great job last year against the Bengals, but getting eliminated by the Chiefs twice and both times there was a shootout where the offense played really well. I feel like that could have happened to the Bengals where they played really well. They got into a shootout and just came up short. There's a couple things that I, when I watched this Kansas City Chiefs team and even Joe Burrow said it in the press conference right after the season when he said it's usually when we really start to heat up in November. He was kind of referencing when he got hurt in the Thursday night football game versus the Ravens. 
And it made me think a lot about kind of what we deal with going into every September for Zach Taylor, his coaching staff, Joe Burrow. Um, I know we can look a lot on not having a normal training camp. And look, we can admit that they're going to be going into these OTAs to be determined on when Joe Burrow is going to be throwing, but optimistic that it's going to be um, this spring and in June and, and May when they get back out there. And I know some of them report late April, so to be determined on those updates. But it kind of just makes me feel like the beginning of seasons really – I, this is going to sound like a hot take because getting the number one seed is definitely a goal and, and being at the top and winning your AFC North, winning your division, getting home playoff games. You want all of that to happen. But the Chiefs are proving, and yes, they have Patrick Mahomes, and he's been here before. It Just just get into the dance. We've watched the Cincinnati Bengals do it. Yeah, they win their division, but they have to play three games to get to a Super Bowl. They were a play away from going to another Super Bowl in back-to-back years. It really just matters on keeping number nine healthy and getting into the playoffs. And honestly, that's kind of what I'm thinking about when I go into next year. Not use, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use the Kansas City Chiefs as an example, but it just has proven over the last few years when Joe is healthy, you get hot right in the middle, coming off a bye, right in, in November, December, and January, and then just get it going. Stay healthy. Have a little luck on your side. Um, but I think all of that stuff is extremely important when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I think they were the laughing stock on Christmas when they lost at Arrowhead and people were leaving the stadium early. They couldn't do anything. Even the Raiders in the second half weren't doing anything offensively. And the Chiefs still lost that game. And some people thought, are they even going to win their division? Are the Raiders going to come up or even the Broncos at this moment? Are they going to be first round exits? What's Patrick Mahomes going to look like on the road when he's playing these road playoff games? And I think at the end of the day, it, all that stuff is it's nice to get the number one seed. It's nice to get home field advantage. It would be awesome for the Cincinnati Bengals to have an AFC championship game at home. But it's all about just keeping Joe Burrow healthy for me going into next year. Keep Joe Burrow healthy, get hot at the right time, like they normally do in the midpoint of the season. And that starting the season 0-1, 0-2, yeah, it can make things difficult, but that's just not kind of my my main focus right now. It is just, and obviously when you have a quarterback who just com- is coming off a, a major injury, it's it's keep your franchise healthy. And after that, just see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I, like I mentioned, I think on the last episode, was just the teams that usually make the Super Bowl are some of the healthiest teams in the league, especially at their key positions. I don't want to just read an injury report and see a bunch of backups miss the game. It's like we look at the Chiefs. I know Joe Tooney missed the game, and he might miss next week. And I guess, well, Charles Amendo, who was healthy, but I guess he's going to miss the Super Bowl. And yeah, he's kind of a key guy, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like guys didn't talk about him enough. I looked up his stats. Like, he had seven sacks this year. Why has nobody talked about this guy <laughs> on 400 snaps or something like that? Like, it's an insane rate. Um and I guess the Willie Gay thing, but overall, like you've got your your stars on defense are healthy, your quarterback, your number one and number two targets are both healthy, your running backs healthy. You still have most of the offensive line healthy. It's like you look at that, like I mean, missing one guy on a playoff run that would have been the best. That would, be nice. healthy, that would have been the healthiest Bengals offensive line in the playoffs in history, even if it was the best player. Uh, so yeah, I, I think some of that has to do with it. It's just keep Burrow healthy. Of course, have the luck that Jamar chase and your key pieces, Trey Hendrickson, which some of that can also come back to Trey Hendrickson playing less snaps, which I th- felt like he was coming off the field more this year, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like Trey Hendrickson may play a little bit less snaps, so you keep him healthy throughout the whole thing. 
I do think I would love to see them start faster. That is just, I am so tired of watching them get to two and two and one and three. They're like, oh, how are they going to dig themselves out? And like they dig themselves out of the hole. But hey, what if you were never in that hole and then you hit this run anyway? <laughs> it's like you could be the number one seed or the number two get seed. Instead, it feels like they're always digging themselves out of a hole and fighting to get into that three, four type of spot. And I'd rather they didn't have to do that. So I think it's keep Burrow healthy. And that includes training camp and this offseason for the first time in his life. I think you watch these playoffs and this isn't breaking any news. And I think we we all feel this way when you come off a season, when you think about this offensive line and just the defensive line. But I'm going into the draft. I'm going into free agency thinking trenches, 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 trenches. I wouldn't be surprised if a wide receiver or a tight end is available because you see some of these tight ends. I don't think it's the same rookie class going into this year, but but the playoffs. I mean, guys like George Kittle. No, he's not a rookie. Travis Kelsey, not a rookie. Um, Sam Laporta, in, in a lot of moments for the Detroit Lions, it's it's stuff that's missing for this team. Maybe it's in the, it's upgrading the tight end room, but getting to the quarterback, putting pressure on the quarterback, having playmakers out there is going to be extremely important. And I think you you go into this offseason thinking it's trenches because you you want to be like these teams that are left. Um, I, I wouldn't even say it's it's like that for the 49ers, but it, it it feels that way with the Kansas City Chiefs on both sides of the ball. Chris Jones is a whole nother animal in the postseason. He truly is. Every single time I see him out there, I'm like, man, you need a guy like that alongside Trey Hendrickson, not Chris Jones. I don't think he's going to be leaving Kansas City, but they do need some some difference makers like that in these moments. And I think that's kind of a huge thing going into this offseason when they're sitting back and watching these playoff games. Yep. I agree. I mean, tight end game record on the interior of the defense felt like those were two common themes, especially, I mean, this year, especially tight end seemed to be huge. Like every team that made the final four had a capable, good tight end that they could throw to. I don't know if that's just a you know coincidence type thing, but when the Bengals are trotting out one of the league worst tight ends as their starters, maybe you look to invest a little bit in that position. I don't know if they will, but something to think about if Bowers falls, just like take him, just take him, just, just, just take Bowers. If he's, if he's there, I don't know yeah. if I subscribe. Like, do you <laughs> completely off topic? We are in off season mode. Sorry, we are. Would you, would you trade up for Bowers? I haven't watched them. So I don't have like the hottest take on this or anything. So no, I wouldn't. And I don't think that okay. the Cincinnati Bengals. What if it's like 15? What if he, he falls to 15? Would you trade the three spots? Say it's like a fifth round pick you had to give up for a One hundred percent. You have to. You have, yeah, to. I have to. I think but that's pretty. Like I wouldn't trade up into the top ten and give up a future first or something. But if he was at like fifteen and you're like, okay, I'm stopping the slide. It's kind of like the Bills did last year with Kincaid, where they say I'm falling and falling, and they're like, let's go up, let's go up and get him. Do you think the Cincinnati Bengals would have drafted Dalton Kincaid? Yeah, I think I actually heard something about that that, that he was pretty high on their board. I don't know <laughs> if he's higher than Murphy though. I, I wonder about that, but. If Murphy went, do they draft Kincaid? And maybe they draft Kincaid over Murphy. I don't know. The age thing is what I kept going back to in my mind about that. It's like Kincaid's 24, I think. Yeah, he's in retirement. Like a, Murphy was like a baby. Yeah, he's 21, which is absolutely crazy. I think he's 22 now. But he was yeah. 21 until very late this year. Yeah, but I think, you know, there are a lot of decisions that this club has to make. And 
I'm not a Super Bowl or bust person. I, I think they can get to a Super Bowl. I tr they've been to a Super Bowl. I think they can do it again. Um, I do think that they have a few more pieces that they need to softly get in the offseason. That's going to be extremely important on the defensive line and even offensive line. But I, I think of it more as what the Cincinnati front office is going to do. And I don't see them moving up to get him. But I think we all have to remember we're recording this three months out from an NFL draft. So many of these players could fall and not end up being in the top 10, could be top 15, could be there at 18. Um, there's a lot of things that will happen when it comes to, you know, some of these workouts, the combine, everything. Just give it time and we'll see what happens. But I don't know. I still feel like the Bengals are in a really good position, according to a lot of these mock drafts from the experts when it comes to some of these game changing players on the defensive line. Um, and maybe they get their future right tackle. At some point, this team needs to hit on an offensive lineman. Uh, and we'll see if it's if it's in this draft. But uh, yeah, draft talk. We'll move into that another time. Still plenty of um, NFL games to talk about when we look at the NFC Championship next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Moving on to the NFC Championship side. You know, when I watch the NFC, I really just don't have any dog in the fight. And I'm just like, okay, give me a good game. Maybe play some extra football. No pressure. Hopefully we yeah, get no a dog in the fight. I kind of want to Our cat brethren. I wanted the Lions to win. But in my head... And, and look, I wanted, I've already said it on this podcast. I wanted the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Ravens. I want Joe Burrow to be the only guy who can stand in the way of messing all of this up. But if the Kansas City Chiefs go off and win another Super Bowl, that's going to be really annoying. Um, but we'll move on to this NFC Championship game. Man, I had to listen to the first half in the car. I was on my way home from something. So I'm like, no way, no way. The Detroit Lions, they're up right now. They're about to just probably put up 30 plus on these guys. They're going to walk away. This game isn't even going to be close. Rock Purdy struggling. This is pretty normal. What we saw last week in the Green Bay Packers game, Packers had opportunities to, to win that game and send the Niners home. But the 49ers and Brock Purdy found a way to come back. I mean, there's so many moments if you're the Detroit Lions fan, and there's there's things I want to ask you when it comes to Dan Campbell because I think he's getting criticized today, and I don't really know if I agree with it compared to some of these players dropping passes when it comes to fumbles, just mistakes. They were a Josh Reynolds catch away from just putting this game away. Saw, and, saw a stat, by the way. What? Josh Reynolds' career drop percentage is like 6%. In the playoffs, it's 24%. He is not a Bengal this offseason. That's for sure. <laughs> He's not. He was, 
time. Uh, well, I mean, they, they had interest in him and that never really happened. And you know what? Some things work out the way they're supposed to. Uh, but yeah, for this, for the Detroit lions, Dan Campbell, there were opportunities and he kind of, he never really changed from his regular season mindset. When he went into the playoffs, he's I'm going to gamble. I'm going to go for it on fourth down. I'm not going to kick field goals. And I get it at one point, one of the field goals wasn't super close, but I feel like still makeable for the Detroit lions. And he decided I'm going for touchdowns. I'm going for first downs. And unfortunately that didn't work out for the Detroit lions. If you are watching them from afar, you could be a Detroit lions fan or just an NFL. You were, you were, yeah, you're right. I'm going to tell you right now, I was sitting there thinking at halftime, I think it would be the perfect end of the season. If the lions just win it all, I wouldn't care. It wouldn't impact my team at all. You know, go have the Lions win. And then I got some pushback from people who said, well, you don't want the Cincinnati Bengals to be the only franchise without a Super Bowl. Um, and I'm like, yeah. I, well, Cleveland Browns fans still think that they. The Lions won those championships, too. I know. I know. It wouldn't have bothered me. It wouldn't have bothered me. I would have loved the everything. Chargers. The Panthers. The, there's, 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 there's a bunch there's of teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. Like, what is, the Texans. Yeah, it wouldn't it it really wouldn't bother me if the Detroit no, Lions won it all. It honestly Vikings, Bills. Yeah, the Bills, man. Whew, that would have bothered me more. I'm not gonna lie. If the Buffalo Bills won, <laughs> it would have bothered me more. Um, thinking, there's actually a lot of teams that haven't won a Super Bowl. I know, I know, but but there was like, oh, you don't want the the Lions who are um kind of in a similar situation the Cincinnati Bengals were in 2021 to go off and win the Super Bowl. It it wouldn't have hurt me. It wouldn't have I would have loved me. to see that happen. What do you mean? The only NFC teams the only NFC teams that I want to win are the teams that aren't playing against my team in a Super Bowl. Um, other than that, I do not care what the NFC does. I do not care if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl. Good for him. I actually hope he does win the Super Bowl. Um, but I think overall in this game, if you are, if you were watching it and you think of some of Dan Campbell's decisions, are you criticizing him today? No, um, two reasons. One, I felt like most of those were the correct decision for how aggressive he is normally. I, and two, this ties into one. They kept their identity. When you think about the Ravens losing their identity and trying to be something they weren't and losing that game because of it. I mean, the Lions scored 31 points. I know you talk about some points left on the board. I would complain a little bit more about how this defense played in the second half. Uh, but we look at that. Uh, there is one decision I want to criticize a little bit, but the fourth downs, no. And we are a dropped pass and, you know, away from one of those being the right call. And everybody thinks it's the right call. But so much of was that fourth down decision the right call is based off whether or not it worked. <laughs> uh, but they're an aggressive team and they're going to go for it. I, I liked most of those calls. The one thing I will complain about is I did not like when they ran the ball and they brought in David Montgomery to run the ball mm-hmm. on that third and goal. And then they didn't get it. And then you have to burn a timeout. Brutal. Those that was devastating to me. I was watching and went, Oh no, because your options there are let 25 seconds bleed off the clock mm-hmm. or call a timeout. And I just don't think either one was worth it when you're down 10. And let's say you don't get the first down again, throwing the ball. What you could do is kick the field goal right after. And then exactly. And, uh, and onside kick it, try to get it. And maybe you don't get it, but you can force, you have three timeouts, can force a punt and then have another shot at it. 
when you lost that third time out, that was just a brutal way for that to happen. And I, once I saw Montgomery come in, I went, oh, this fake it to him. Fake it to him because Kansas City is probably also keyed in on they brought in the bulldozer. <laughs> like, okay, let's go knock him down. And that's what happened. It, it was too obvious to me. And it had way too more, it had way too much risk compared to, as we were talking about with a run play, but way too much risk compared to the reward that they could have gotten from like the odds of getting the reward, which is a touchdown. They, was it really a higher percentage chance play than throwing the ball there? They got it the next play on the throw. So I feel like they could have just passed the ball in that situation, kept the third time out. And I know it's a slim chance that you force that. But you both force that punt and then also drive down the field and score, but it could happen. And the chances of everything happening went so much further down after they didn't get that run. I think when they got into field goal range, I would have kicked the field goal right away. I I know that probably yeah. won't. I, I know, I know you need the touchdown and the touchdown and you're driving and you're able to get down the field and it makes all the sense in the world. I feel like they wasted way too much time. I truly do. It was just here's why you don't. Let's say you score that touchdown, you could win. Right? Like if you kick that field goal, you can't well, you can win in regulation by going for two. You score that touchdown, and then let's say you get the ball back and you drive like there's a big play, you're down at the five. I'm not kicking that field goal. I'm going for the touchdown after that. And then you score two touchdowns, you win the game. So You're right. I, I get it. I, I don't think I would kick that field goal when I was in field goal range. I think you go for the touchdown on the chance that you could then drive back down the field and score another touchdown and win the game and not even have to do any go for two type of thing. Maybe it was because there was rare, like all the time was clicking off when they were finally, when they were finally able to score the touchdown and the onside kick, there was a tiny bit of an opportunity oh. Was he like a yard early mm -hmm. and then didn't yeah. catch it either? Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been, it was a good, I mean, it ended up being a good game. Credit to the Lions. They were able to give us some good games um, over the whole entire time they were in the playoffs and their fans, the whole Ford field, when they showed Ford field uh, with all the fans there, I think that's really awesome for a, I, I'm sure a lot, a lot of fan bases would like a team to do that. If your team's playing on the road, go watch it in the stadium. Can't imagine how they were feeling when the Detroit Lions were up by three scores at halftime and then just be in there and realize they just melted down and you're not even at the real game. That would be that, bad. that to me, the thing that was really sad watching that game was it was it. The second half, once the Gibbs fumble happened, it felt like nothing was going to go right in that second half. And that's how it went. Like it, the team just entirely fell apart. And it was kind of like heartbreaking to me. I was like kind of rooting for them. But then I thought like, ah, oh, these guys have never been to a Super Bowl, even not just not won it. They've never even been to one. Yeah, and for sad. the fans to get out, like drive, go all the way out there, get excited, even at home watching, and just slowly have your heart ripped out from you in just a grueling fashion over however what, an hour and a half, two hours of football at the end of that game was just. It was tough for me, and I was like a—I was a pseudo fan. I wasn't a real fan. I was just rooting for the Lions because I thought it was a good story, and would like to see a team that hasn't won anything make it. But that was just—that was brutal. I—it was brutal. I—I I, I think when you think of the overall matchups, and I think of what team can beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I still believe in the 49ers. I know they have plenty of moments this season you can look back on and think. I don't 
don't really know if they can do it or they're going to be able to win the whole entire thing. But it, and I know that they have history. I, obviously, they've won Super Bowls against the Cincinnati Bengals. I know it, but um, I wouldn't mind if they were if they were able to pull it off. I would. I really am rooting for Kansas or for um, the 49ers to to just run the ball on them, take control. Obviously, we'll give a preview in a, in a week and a half, but uh, I think they give the best matchup to the Kansas City Chiefs. I hear you. And uh, when the You're line opened and the 49ers were the favorites, I immediately put a little bit of money on the Chiefs' money line. I did it on the Ravens because I wanted to jinx them. Okay. And I don't care who wins this game, to be honest with you. Like You don't? The Chiefs, to me, I, I – the Chiefs, they've, they've three Super Bowls, won. man. Three Super Bowls. No pressure going into Ooh. next year again. I just, I'm over it. I am over it. Even though it didn't bother Chiefs me. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. They lose their hunger. Travis Kelsey retires on top and becomes a, a Taylor Swift security guard. Sounds like a great end of the. Because the Bengals are out of it. Like I, I am not the type to care about all this stuff. Like when the Bengals are out of it, I just like I was rooting for the Lions. Now it's the 49ers. Who have five Super Bowls? Or <laughs> I know I don't even care. Add one more. Add one more. I don't care. Um, but that's how I feel about both of them. Yeah. Add one more. Who cares? But but let me you. Forty nine would be fun because that would that would take away the the Steelers. Keep, always talk about having yeah. six Super Bowls tied for the most, and the, exactly. they'll still be tied for the most. But yeah, let's throw another team in there. But the you Chiefs said you don't there. you don't have an interest when the Bengals are out. You're telling me when you watched the Super Bowl last year with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City. Oh, I was rooting for the Eagles, but that was because the Bengals directly lost. That was painful. There are times there, and I'm gonna wrap this up after this, but there are times that I look back at the AFC championship loss last year and the Super Bowl loss, and I think that they're equally painful. Like yeah. cr- like cart crushed. That AFC Super championship game. I mean, the championship game sucked for sure, and that's I why I root for the Chiefs. And I assume if I was a Ravens fan, I'd be rooting for the 49ers. Same if I was a Lions fan, I'd probably root for the Chiefs because you feel that loss, that yeah. pain from uh, losing the championship game. But, yeah, losing the Super Bowl is worse. Come on. Let's be real about I, it. I was at the Super Bowl. I'm saying Which game, you thought more about the Super Bowl than you have the AFC championship game. My bank, my my wallet um, – took a hit for that Super Bowl loss. But uh, but no, I mean, they're both of them back-to-back years. It just – I'll just say this. When I watch Kansas City Chiefs, um, they're obviously a great team, and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I am not breaking any news here. But, man, I just want Joe Burrow back out there. That's all I want. Just get back out there. Get healthy. Let's see what you look like in the AFC. Let's get this matchup back. I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I still am optimistic going into the season, but there's plenty of offseason and free agency news and NFL draft and Joe Burrow rehab to come. Um, but man, I just missed I missed him in the playoffs. I really did. It didn't. It, it was kind of a bummer um, most of the season, honestly. And I'm kind of glad that the season's going to wrap up soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not because I know in I know. two, three months, I'm going to be like, oh, sheesh, I miss football. And we get to the point where we hit that tipping point, And I think it's the Hall of Fame game where I think everybody watches like the first drive and go, oh, yeah, preseason football stinks, huh? Man, I really miss football. <laughs> I'm going to wait for the regular season. Yeah, no, it should be fun. I'm I'm ready for there's plenty to talk about. Obviously, we'll preview the Super Bowl next week and then kind of get into some position groups later this week when it comes to the Bengals offensive line, possible free agents. And soon, soon, soon we will find out what they're doing with T Higgins because that franchise tech 
uh, announcement will be around the corner. Uh, plenty of off-season Bengals news, and I know you'll have work over on all Bengals. What is going to be up there soon? Not 100% sure. Uh, like, part of me wants to write an article on a guy that, like, uh, maybe they could go after in free agency, but then I wonder, like, would they? I, re I remember doing a whole article on Jerron Armstead, and then I was like, I'm not really going to make a move for him. I didn't. So I, I, this happened in my mind because I watched uh, Michael and Wayne. And I was like, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool if they signed him. But it'd probably be as a guard. And then I'm like, they're probably not doing that, huh? Hey, I, right now we can just dream of who they're going to take. Right. And none of it matters because we'll find out the second week of March what the Cincinnati Bengals team is going to do in free agency. And like I said before, they have to make a decision on running back the first week of March. The bonus is coming. Uh, franchise tag is around the corner. feel like that's going to be what they're going to do with T. Higgins. And uh, plenty of more talk to come when it comes to this Bengals roster in 2024. And some of the depth pieces. Make sure you check out Mike over on all Bengals on Twitter, Bengals underscore fans. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.